You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Um, incident, another shooting incident happened down in uh, Texas uh, yesterday um, in where there was a um, school shooting. Uh, we just want to say um, our thoughts and prayers are with the family and loved ones of those um, children who have passed away and also the teachers that have uh, passed away as well. Um, and so uh, on the heels of what uh, Golden State and uh, the Dallas Mavericks had to uh, play on yesterday, uh, that was on the heels of um, this um, bad situation uh, in Dahl. And I think it was a lot of frustration and Steve Kerr went viral. Uh, I believe he went viral for the right reasons. Um, that's my belief. And um, just wanted to pay homage and respect to um, uh, the families um, who lost loved ones. Welcome to the Back Porch Top Podcast. I'm your coach, Jason. It's your coach, Danny. Fans. Got a full show today. Look, we're going to talk a little NBA. A little bit about Formula One. Nick Saban, boy, why did you say what you said? And we have an interesting trading car scenario, but first, Danny, to the NBA playoffs and where last evening the Golden State Warriors got thrashed, trying to make a comeback, but they got thrashed in game number four in where we thought Golden State was going to go ahead and sweep them. That wasn't the case. Dallas went ahead and surprised many and actually put up a good fight. They put up a good fight. The Dallas Mavericks went ahead and prevailed here 119-109 against the Golden State Warriors and where Steph Curry ended up with 20 points. Luka had 30 points, 14 rebounds, nine assists, close to a triple-double. Uh, and... Dallas went ahead and forces a game five uh, back in San Francisco, Danny. Um, man, I, I honestly thought Golden State was going to go ahead and do this uh, sweep. Not a gentleman sweep, but a straight-up sweep. But I'm thinking it's going to be a gentleman sweep. What say you, Danny? I thought Dallas would, could get this game. Uh, I just – they've been playing so hard, and they've been in all of these games, honestly. Game one, they got blew out. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. game two – they, they should have won. Golden State, I was curious last night watching the game when Golden State made that run in the fourth quarter. Why Kerr just didn't stay with who got them within the eight? He subbed in Curry, then he brought in Clay Thompson. And I'm like, you have momentum with this group. They got you all the way back to cut it to single digits. Why take them out? They ended up losing the game, and we'll see what game five presents. Because Dallas isn't scared of Golden State. It's just a matter of, is Dallas going to rely on the three-point shot or are they going to take it to the basket like they did last night? Because they took it to Golden State, and that's when they built that lead again. And they weren't so reliant on the three, but they're making their threes as well. So this is a crucial game for Golden State, for one, to close out the series. Two, they get some rest before the finals. 
and you just don't want to go back to Dallas. Ultimately, Danny, so, how many how many games do you think Dallas seriously going to win? If they win tomorrow night, they can definitely make this interesting. They're they're a team. They're one of these teams that they're like a mosquito, man. Until you, they just keep messing with you. They're resilient, man. They they hang in. They're not like I said. This could easily be two two. And Golden State, they they get into these lulls, man. Like they're just. But you do remember in the Memphis series when they got blew out by 55 or whatever that game was, they mm-hmm. went back to Golden State, took care of business, it was over. So I expect mm-hmm. the same thing tomorrow night where they finish up and wrap this series. But I'm just saying, don't play with fire. Just knock out Dallas because they yes. do have a superstar on Luka and that team feeds off Luka. And Brunson came to play last night, Dimwitty, the whole nine. So. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. With Golden State, they're on the heels of going back to the finals for the sixth time in eight years. Not many teams have done that. Mm-mm. Not many franchises have done that. The last franchise to do that was, to my understanding, uh, Chicago Bulls with Jordan and Pip. Golden State is looking to do is rare. And mm-hmm. what better way to stamp your peace and history than on your home court. Uh, meanwhile, we do have a game tonight. Game number five. Yes. Boston Celtics against the Miami Heat down in Miami. I really want Miami win. Maybe, maybe because I'm still feeling some kind of way about this series because Milwaukee Bucks honestly could go ahead and beat both teams had we had a healthy Chris Middleton. I really believe that. And I believe they would have competed very well in the finals against the Golden State. So mm-hmm. this could have been an, a championship. This could have been a chip that the Bucks let get away. I would say this, Danny. I think Miami, their last game performance was horrid. And I believe that they will come out as game busters and with a little bit more energy, a little bit more pep, a little bit more force. And this is going to be a contentious game. I really believe that. I think we have been witnessing a terrible series, quite frankly, uh, and where the swings, the point difference has been so wide and so huge. The gap has been this man, the swing's been just outrageous. And I think this is going to be the game that is going to be the closest game in the series. I think Miami's going to get this one, man, but it's going to be very close. Will they get the series? This game five is pivotal. Yep. Because I see if Boston wins game five, they're not going to lose game six. They're not going to lose game six. Um, but if Miami wins this game five, I can see this possibly going to seven. Mm-hmm. Let's say you, Danny. Yeah, this game I'm eagerly anticipating. I have to see if Marcus Smart's playing. I haven't seen the injury report yet to see if he's going to play or not after that nasty ankle injury that he gutted out when he came back in game three and he sat game four. <clears throat> so I think that'll 
be a key factor and if he's playing and what kind of impact he can play with because those of us that have had ankle injuries like he had that's tough to come back even though if, even if you have treatment it's just hard to move laterally so I'm curious about him and I think that I'm gonna go Boston tonight I think Miami being home they should take care of business and they do play well at home I can see Boston stealing a game here I'm gonna go Boston with the upset tonight. It's 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 a toss up, straight up, because these two teams, like you mentioned, it's just been all over the board. There's been no consistency. Uh, each team has just beat beat the other one down in each game, and who knows what happens tonight. So mm -hmm. I'm just hoping for a good game, a good competitive game, and come down to the end, keep it interesting. And now, Danny, on to some uh, Formula One racing. In where this past Sunday, Formula One was on TV once again. Uh, fans, y'all know that I have been converted into a Formula One racing fan. Uh, I ain't going to lie, Danny. I was kind of hyped, man, because I hadn't seen Formula One in a week. In uh, this particular race happened in Spain, the Spanish Grand Prix. A whole lot happened in this one, Danny. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, the very first lap, uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton, and we're talking about maybe a minute, maybe not even a minute into the race. Uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton got uh, ran in on, uh, got into a little collision. That collision caused his tire come flat, if you will. Um, and he, he also had some damage to the, to the car itself. He had to go ahead and pit the very first lap. And next thing you know, he was uh in like 18th 19th place man uh and he was this steady climbing and so i although i was frustrated as hell because I, uh, he was in uh, i want to say the fifth or sixth pole i think the sixth pole position yeah. and i was like man I, he can actually get to the podium and actually win this thing man so i was so gung-ho man and when that thing happened in the very first minute i was like oh man you gotta be kidding me but what I really thought about, and he came on the radio and he was like, hey, y'all, this may not be the, be the race. Let's go ahead and save the engine for the next race. Mm -hmm. And they said, no, nah, just stay on out there. Just keep it going. Now, it was very hot. There was a lot, of, a lot more strategy involved with trying to save the tires. Um, people had to pit more, more frequently. Uh, and the way that the uh, track was, it was more along the lines of it was a little bit more conducive to pass. Sir Lewis Hamilton was in like what 18, 19 position, something like that. And he steady made his way on up, whether it was because of collisions or uh, car malfunctions or tires just jacked up or Sir Lewis Hamilton passing people up. He ended up in fifth place. Mm hmm. So he steady made his way. And I was like, you know, I always wanted to see a champion kind of grind and really kind of make his way up the, the, the board there. Um, yep. and he has actually done that. He, he did that in this particular race. Uh, I think Mercedes has found something here. I think they have found a fix mm -hmm. or fixes to what has ailed them at the beginning of the season. And so uh, George Russell uh, did uh, get third. 
for Mercedes. Yeah. Uh, he, so he was on the podium with Max uh, winning uh, once again. I believe that's his fourth victory in six races this year. Um, and so, man, I just think that Mercedes has found something. I think Sir Lewis has found something here. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm anxiously awaiting him to get on a podium uh, once again so he can get some points to, you know, start to catch up here. Um, this is a long season, Danny. We're talking about yeah. 22, 23, 24 races. Um, they're only on number seven, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So they still have a ways to go here. Uh, they can grind this thing on out. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, but it's going to have to turn here pretty quickly. I'm anxious. I'm excited about the next race that's happening this Sunday in Monaco, man. You yep. kidding me? <laughs> this thing going to be amazing, man. I think it was announced that about 287,000 people were three day stretch uh, attended the uh, race itself in, in Spain. And mm-hmm. that's a lot of money. That's mm-hmm. a lot of people. Monaco, I think it's going to be along the same lines. Yeah. But I will say this, that I started to compare with Miami. And I was like, man, the pomp and circumstance, the, just the pageantry Miami had, man. Yeah. I haven't seen it matched yet, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen the match, Danny. So Formula One, if you're listening, your boys would like to come down to Miami next year. <laughs> We are trying to learn about Formula One. The best way to do that is to have a hands-on experience. Mm-hmm. Formula One love to partake in the experience. So, Danny, this was a great. It was a great race, even though Sir Lewis Hamilton didn't podium. But um, looking forward to uh, this weekend's race. And now, Danny, on to uh, some words here by Nick Saban. There's been a whole lot <laughs> that has been talked about uh, about NIL since mm-hmm. NIL has actually become a thing. And Nick Saban, the uh, head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, actually uh, came out and just I don't know what the correct word is, man, but he accused programs of paying players. All right. So Nick Saban, man, I mean, again, head coach of the Alabama Christmas Tide has said some off the wall things in the past. Um, but this time, man, this was something, something else. He says, I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. Uh, Saban told the audience, uh, A&M, Texas A&M was first. Texas A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, likeness. We didn't buy one player, all, all right. But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain this in the future because more and more play- people are doing it. It's tough. Unquote. That's Nick Saban. He also goes in about <laughs> Jackson State. Saban says, quote, Jackson State paid a guy $1 million last year who was a really good Division I player to come to their school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. No one did anything about it. 
That's a whole, it's a whole lot of out there that Saban put, man. And this thing has layers to it. I'll just say this, Danny. And Coach Prime came back and said, man, you know, basically we didn't pay a player no million dollars. I'm not getting paid a million dollars. And it seemed like, you know, Saban went ahead and apologized, uh, tried to call both Jimbo Fisher uh, and Coach Prime. Coach Prime in, in indicated that, yeah, he probably called, but, and, you know, didn't talk. He was like, if you're going to apologize, you might as well apologize publicly since you made the comment publicly. And I have to agree with that. Yeah. Um, and all, Danny. Um, but in terms of what Nick Saban is saying about name, image, and likeness, is Nick Saban getting kind of scared that now that these student athletes are getting paid name, image, and likeness dollars that some of these five-star, four-star players would now go to HBCUs, now go to other programs other than the machine that is of Alabama Crimson Tide. I don't know if his gripe is is he's seeing a lot of people in the paper who are who said they're getting dollars for name, image, and likeness, but they're not seeing the marketing side mm-hmm. of it. They're not seeing these student athletes actually marketing products, things of that nature. I don't know. But it says a whole lot that you're Nick Saban, you're not giving recognition to good quality coaches. So you mean tell me Travis Hunter, who he basically was talking about, yeah. allegedly, decided to go to Jackson State, leave Florida State, and not get coached up by a Hall of Famer who is considered the best quarterback in NFL history? I don't know. I mean, he played receiver also in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, that being Coach Prime. Yep. He's coached at the high school level successfully. And I mean, he was successful as a Jackson state coach so far. So they say, I mean, you mean, tell me coach prime is not a good caliber coach into where a great student athlete doesn't want to go to him mm-hmm. because of those things, but because of NIL money or money from NIL deal, it's a whole lot of questions there. Coach Saban, I think it is worth a conversation publicly because let's hear what you really say. Let's hear what you're really talking about, man. Yeah. So I think it was a snub, a swipe at, you know, really at Jackson State and, and for that matter, HBCUs, because this could very well have happened at my alma mater, Florida AM. It could happen in any, any HBCU to where Nick Saban and others may feel like this. But maybe this NIL is leveling the playing field. Now maybe they're a little nervous that these five and four star student athletes are are thinking otherwise. But maybe I will feel a little bit more comfortable going to HBCU. Culture a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Studying maybe a little bit more conducive to my needs. Maybe this is an opportunity to level that playing field. And maybe these coaches are, are getting a little nervous. Um, not only that, but you also have the, uh, the portal. Yep. And now maybe it's a combination of the portal and NIL deals that 
they're feel they feel a little threat now. Danny, what say you? Jason, this one, yeah, I agree. I think it has layers to it. And I would definitely like to see the two of them speak on some type of forum to understand what was his true intent behind saying what he said and saying it publicly. Because to throw a shot like that <laughs> and then try to backtrack it, I think Dion is in the right here, man, to say, hey, man, no, 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 no. For one, you put my program throwing us under the bus. Mm -hmm. And then you're just going to just throw things out there without any validation or facts. Honestly, that, that hasn't been proven that what he said. And Dion's point is, hey, man, I'm trying to trailblaze the path to, from an HBU, HBCU perspective. Mm hmm. Mm hmm to say, hey, you can come to an HBCU and I can get you to the NFL. So he's been lobbying ever since he's been at Jackson State and mm -hmm. before, even before he got there. But so there's so many different angles to this. And I know he threw Jimbo Fisher under the bus too. Man. So that, I don't know if there's something deeper there between the two of them with when Jimbo was at Florida State and all that. But all in all, I think in this current landscape and current college climate, it, it is going to make people a little nervous because they don't know what to expect and how families and student athletes are going to respond with these new rules in place. It's always been one way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when change is always introduced to something that makes people nervous, especially the old school people that have been doing certain things for so long. Mm -hmm. And if you can't manage change, or you just don't understand exactly how it'll impact you directly. You may say certain things that may or may not have merit just because you, you're nervous or you just don't understand, or you just don't know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Saban's had a machine at Alabama for a while now. And if you start plucking, you know, taking some of that foundation away, it may it may start to crumble a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, I don't think he has anything to be worried about at this point in time. That's what really threw me for a loop when he made the comment. I'm like, man, you're still getting all this talent. <laughs> it's not like it's not like everyone just exited stage left Come on, on man. Come on, man. <laughs> so that's that was the other part of this is like, why? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You didn't lose a whole bunch of talent. Why did you single this situation out? which you read between the lines, you can make some, draw some conclusions on where mm -hmm. he's going with this. Mm -hmm. um, but I would like to see the two of them talk. And it, the other thing is with them doing the Aflac commercials on, now, that's on. the other part is like, what? <laughs> Come on, man, they could play, they could play on that, man. You know, yep. they, yeah. they talk publicly and they'd be, and they be like, man, going probably need some insurance. <laughs> uh, with like after this conversation man i mean there's so many ways you can yeah. do this man yeah so it, it was just strange that he said what he said and i would like to understand further what he meant and i'm hoping dion kind of presses the issue on him to make it a public conversation mm -hmm. so then dion can press him and put him under the hot hot light for making a statement that until proven otherwise is has no merit mm-hmm and now, Danny, on to our trading card scenario. Who we got? 
So tonight, Jason, in light of Jason Tatum in the Eastern Conference Finals again, uh, our trade in car scenario is Jason Tatum's 2017 Panini Prism rookie card for Brandon Ingram's 2016 Panini, Panini Prism rookie card. A couple quick bios. Jason Tatum was the third overall pick by the Boston Celtics in 2017 out of Duke. Three-time All-Star, made the All-Rookie team, one-time All-NBA, and currently averaging 20.9 points, six rebounds, and three assists. Brandon Ingram was the second overall pick by the Los Angeles Lakers in 2016 out of Duke. One-time All-Star, made the All-Rookie team, and was the most improved player. Currently averaging 18.5 points, five rebounds, and four assists. So, Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? This was a tough one. I, I ain't going to even lie. It was tough because uh, on the heels of the announcement yesterday uh, before the Warriors-Mavs game, they announced the uh, first-team All-NBA or basically the all NBA teams, first, second, and third teams. Mm -hmm. And Jason Tatum was on the first team, all NBA. <sighs> this was tough because Jason Tatum, I mean, he's inconsistent, man, but <laughs> he averaged 27 for this year, man. Man, this was a tough one. Brandon Ingram averaged 22, close to 23 points uh, this season for the uh, Pelicans. And then I thought about really the teams. I mean, the journey that Brandon Ingram has had to go through so far. I mean, being on the Lakers, mm -hmm. dealing with for LeBron, dealing with getting traded or talks about getting traded. I ain't going to never forget that because when they were talking about getting traded, they came, the Lakers came to the uh, Indiana Pacers, uh, played. And I will never forget, I have a picture to this day because it was said at that point in time that LeBron wanted basically wanted half the team gone mm -hmm. for Anthony Davis. They lost to the Pacers by like 40 plus points. Yep. And all you would see is LeBron sitting by himself at the end of the bench. I remember that game. <laughs> I went to that game, man. I remember, yeah, we were texting. <laughs> I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. Are you... I think the situation that Brandon Ingram finds himself in is hard because he's playing for a small market team mm -hmm. um, who's historically been in the last place in revenue in terms, I mean, in terms of every, a lot of, a lot of, you know, rankings here. But I think he's found a home. And he's in the Western Conference, which is different. Mm -hmm. Then I think about Jason Tatum. I mean, he's playing for the Boston Celtics. He's gone to the conference finals multiple times. He's playing for the Boston Celtics. Yep. Now, I'm not a Boston Celtic fan, but there's only a couple of teams, a couple of franchises that have won 15 plus championships, one being the Los Angeles Lakers, the other being the Boston Celtics. So that's a, a lot of clout being on that franchise. Jason Tame is going to be a future Hall of Famer. If he does not win a chip at all, 
he's still going to go to the Hall of Fame because he has that Boston Celtics backing. I can't say the same thing about Brandon Ingram Mm -hmm. because Jason Taylor is inconsistent, man, but Mm -hmm. he can get 20. He's averaging 27. So who do I want in my portfolio? Brandon Ingram's story is not done. That journey is not done. And Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to end up in New Orleans. I think he's going to go to another franchise and actually flourish. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's that title piece, that missing piece that a team needs in order to win a title. That's where I think he might actually really flourish. And then I think his car would be even more valuable. Yeah, Jason Tatum is, quote unquote, one of the faces of the league. But I think Ingram's story and his journey is going to be that and where his card could become more valuable because I don't think he's going to end end in New Orleans. So with that, Danny, I'm going with Brandon Ingram. Uh-oh. Going with Brandon Ingram, man. All right. Well, I'm gambling Jason. on this one. I'm gambling <laughs> on this one. I ain't going to lie, but I'm gambling on this one. I look at Jason Tatum. He said he's the head of the franchise in Boston at this time. He's a known player in the league. He, he had success early in his career when they went and almost beat Cleveland to go to the NBA finals in his second year, I believe it was. When that in that run against LeBron, and so after that series, that built Jason Tatum up and gave him his clout. And then I look at Brandon Ingram, the skinny kid out of Duke, and being a Lakers fan, we picked him. He was raw, and I still think hindsight is something else, man. But they, it, they had to make the trade because of LeBron, but. With Brandon Ingram, Come on, I'm man. looking at I'm looking at him now, and this was the player they were envisioning when they drafted him, yep. right? Yep. Too. Mm-hmm. I think something is going on here with New Orleans with CJ McCollum being there with him, mm-hmm. and he actually has a veteran that's supporting his style of play and actually backing him and empowering him. Mm-hmm. If you look at New Orleans this year in the second half. And once they got McCollum, they made that run to the playoffs and actually tested Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Ingram brought his game. And he's starting to put a little weight on. The only thing with Brandon Ingram is he is so quiet. And when I look at a card and his value, as good as he is and he's projecting to be, I agree with you, man. I think he may not necessarily be the piece, but he may. And if they keep the team as it is Mm -hmm. and they bring in, cause they have actually have a nice squad. Yeah. Nice squad, man. Yeah. Nice squad. Uh, Like I said, that McCollum trade may in the end be the one, what they're looking for. And they even have Zion. I don't know how that's going to fit, but whatever. Mm -hmm. But I look at it, man. And I look at Tatum. Tatum has more of a presence. He's in a bigger market. He's not really vocal either. To be honest with you, he's not a big, like rah-rah guy. Mm-hmm. 
but Brandon Ingram's so quiet. I think he's one of those players where if you're in a small market and you're quiet, mm-hmm. people aren't going to understand your true value. You're not on TNT every Thursday right. night. You're on right. ESPN all the time. And unless you watch him or, you know, a fan of ball, you really don't know about Brandon Ingram just yet. So mm-hmm. at this point in time, I'm going to take Tatum's card. But I'm not I'm not um, far off from what you're thinking as far as his trajectory, Ingram's trajectory, and how he could, if he builds upon what he did this season, mm-hmm. and get that confidence and be that star player with the role players around him. Mm-hmm. He could be in that Tatum type. He's building into that Tatum type role. He's just in a different market. So I'm going to go Tatum in this scenario, but I see your point. And then as we're talking about Jason Tatum, there's always been interesting conversations amongst uh, DMs or DM-like people or uh, just ourselves being on the back porch where we talk about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. If you were a GM, who would you actually take? Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, or who would you actually trade between those two? When Jalen Brown is the lead dog, he can, he's that same type of play. Tatum, Tatum and him are like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> neck that- and neck. Tatum had, when I look at it, Tatum has just a little bit more than Jalen Brown from a like in these key games, Jalen Brown misses key free throws and certain scenarios where I think Tatum has the edge on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, I like Jalen Brown's game better than Tatum's because he's a little more athletic, not seen as a superstar. And he's another one who is not very vocal either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just goes out and plays his game and does his thing. And Tatum gets to shine, but they need each other yeah yep to be successful and if if i were to say all right who am i trading i, th- I think it has to be Jalen brown in my from my perspective and it's only because i think tatum has a little more moxie in key situations that a little more than Jalen brown Jalen brown has shown over his career he can be that guy mm-hmm but then sometimes he kind of fades. He, you know who he reminds me of, honestly, in this scenario where we're talking about here is Giannis and Middleton. Hmm. In a way that Middleton, Middleton can carry the team, mm-hmm. but then sometimes Middleton kind of fades. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, mm-hmm. Out of the, out of, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And if Tatum, that's where I think Tatum's a little more consistent that way. And he's the alpha dog. So I'm going to go, I'm going to keep Tatum on my team, but it's dang close. Yeah. How about you, Jason? Man, listen, man, it's it's very close, man. I I was thinking while you were talking, if Tatum wasn't there, could Jalen Brown take the reins as Mm -hmm. the face of that organization? I don't know. I think, I think he can. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can. That's why this is so hard to, you know, I'll put it like this, man. You know, I think Jason Tatum studied under uh, Kobe. Mm-hmm. 
but there are times where there are some lapses. Mm-hmm. And that's not Kobe like. So I think there's still a little more room until he hits that ceiling. Mm-hmm. Because he's inconsistent. Jalen Brown, man, he man, he's good, man. Yes, he is. He's good. Um, he just turns the ball over a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can clean that up. This would be a hard one, but I would think Boston may keep Jason Tatum. Because, I mean, he again, he just got announced to the first team All-NBA. And with that comes a lot of prestige, comes a lot of clout. Mm -hmm. And I think Boston would be more – I think they would go ahead and keep Jason Tatum and trade uh, Jalen Brown. Me as a GM, that would be hard. Had this decision about All-NBA not happened, Yep. It would have been harder. And I think I probably would have gone with, I would have stuck with Jalen. I think I would have stuck with Jalen, man. And I would have gotten a whole lot of draft rights <laughs> or a whole lot of draft picks. Mm-hmm. First round draft picks at that. And, and really kind of build around um, Jalen Brown a little bit more. Cause I just think that Brown has a good mid range game. He just has a nice game, man. I think, we have yet to really see, you know, his full potential. Yep. I think there's a little bit more. I think we've come close to seeing the full potential of Jason Tatum. I really do. But Jalen Brown, I don't think we have seen, come close to seeing his potential yet. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.